seeing all of this come together and just listening and hearing myself (laughs) on the equipment and just how it sounds. I'm just happy. I think I'm really happy right now in terms of like where I'm at and what I'm doing. Um, And I, I am doing things that my soul finds fulfilling (laughs) for lack of a better word. So, um, Okay, so today, today's episode is called the Chakra Center, right? So we are all about chakras today. Um, I wanted to focus on the 12 chakra system. So usually what most people would be aware of is definitely the seven chakra. Um, It's the most probably talked about, publicized, easily accessible information um, online about it. However, um, recently with just me doing more research and diving deeper into the chakra system, um, I found that not only do we have more than seven, we probably have hundreds of them that we just don't know about, almost like all the other things in our body and atoms and, you know, little tiny things that are um, are very prominent um, in our genetic code, right? Um, And I think that, you know, one thing with this topic, not only chakras, but, you know, as we continue to dive deeper into just the spiritual tools available to us, um, it's very important that not only do you do your own research so you don't just take my word for it, you know, you allow yourself to have the same understanding or foundational knowledge so that your spirit can use its own discernment um, regarding these tools and these things. Um, But also just because this is almost, I don't want to say it's a taboo topic, but with, you know, the dismantling, and I don't even want to say dismantling because it's still here, but of of racism or of prejudice against, um, you know, the LGBT community, just all of these different ideas, right? They're just changing the way that as a society, collectively, we view these taboo things, subjects, topics, etc. Holistic medicine and healing, I feel, is on that list. You know, like it's more accessible. I can, you know, get crystals or get tarot, think about the Salem witch trials and all that stuff. And I'm not even going to say, or I don't want to connect it as if all of these things and utilizing these things makes you a witch, you know what I mean? Or, oh, it's, it's tied to the supernatural. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I don't really ascribe to that word. Just me personally. Uh, one of my professors did actually. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not about that life. (laughs) 
I don't know anything about that. Um, And I honestly just kind of steer away from titles in general, right? Because that's what screws us up in the first place. Finding labels to fit our souls in these boxes of descriptions that is acceptable for society so that society can understand and give you kind of guidelines in a sense of your limitations, you know what I mean? And boxing you into this persona. And I think that's really unfair. You know, all the things I say about being nonlinear beings and energy, you know, being so expansive and diverse that I don't seek labels to define things that I do or how I be- what I believe or my behaviors, just because I think that it's so much bigger than that. And I think that the second I start trying to attach myself to a label or a descriptor that's not given by me and that's societal based and, you know, that it'll begin to confine me and I will kind of, I don't want to say lose my way, but I think that's an easy, you know, a, a, um, connector to that type of a path. You know what I mean? Is being so involved and concerned with how society describes you that you forget that you have the ability to describe yourself and to create your own MO, you know? Um, So yeah. So anyways, I kind of went off into a tangent, but do your research with these things because it's such a taboo topic that there aren't always sources. You know what I mean? A lot of this information comes from people who have just decided to take this up and to work on this, who do blogs and who are also researching and studying these things in addition to books um, different things, but even books, their, their personal perspectives, um, of different techniques and topics. (laughs) My dog snoring. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so they're just different biases, you know what I mean? And I was talking to a friend about bias the other day because we were talking about the news, which we're not going to get into right now, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, important to be aware of the fact that all human beings have bias. It's impossible to eradicate your bias. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different environments that we were raised in. We have different belief systems, um, values, morale. So we all have our own bias, you know, Um, which is really just a different way of saying we all have our own perspectives on life. And so with this, Bias, I feel like, is a strong word and it can be deemed as a little bit negative. Um, Like if people have imposing opinions or they try to impose their view upon you or other people. Um, But I just in general have bias, whether you try to push it on someone or not, that's on you. So with that, we just have to be mindful that the things that we research are a collective of different people's opinions and perspectives based on the work that they do, which is why it's important that once you get this knowledge, you go ahead and you do your own research and you dive deeper and you kind of connect this with your own energy and decide what is best for you on your journey, you know, because these are for us to use, but it's not to say that 
we all have to use all of these tools in the same way. But I think it's always important to remember that we hold the energy, right? We hold the power. This, the crystals do not give us the power to enact or create things in our lives, nor do candles, nor do um, anything, you know, sage and smudge sticks and all that stuff. That's Those are just tools for us to gain a better understanding of self so that we have a better understanding of the type of energy and power we possess and the control that we have and the impact that we have on our own lives and the lives of others which is why it's important to learn, you know, about these things in chakras and and balancing yourself because when you're in balance, not only do you impact your own life and you know, you mirror those things and and allow them to reoccur in different ways, but through that you are impacting the people around you knowingly or unknowingly and other people do do the same, which is why, you know, it's imperative to understand not only your energy but how energy flows and works around you so that you can understand what type of energy you're surrounding you with it, it is a lot i think that once you get into this and you start to realize you know how much knowledge and information there is out there that it's it can be a little discouraging and you just have to remember that one these are tools and this is our life journey you know and our path and and I personally believe in that energy can't be created nor destroyed. You know, reincarnation is a is a, a taboo topic in word as well. Um, and not even to say that I completely understand how all of that works, you know, or the limitations of that. However, I do believe that because energy can't be created nor destroyed, when we do pass on from our physical bodies and from this earth, that our spirit is still out there. Um, is that our journey on this earth is to understand, you know, the different aspects of our spirit and to really get to know ourselves and to cherish and value the knowledge that we already have. You know, it's like, Everyone gets frustrated with the fact that, you know, life's hard, <laughs> life's hard, <laughs> you know, and that things are not always what we want them to be or not as easy as we think they'd be, especially when we start to do the work, right? Sorry, guys. Um, I'm at home, so when the heater comes on, I like have to pause it and wait for it to go off. I don't know why, but for some reason, nobody knows how to work our heater and it just comes on and goes off at random times throughout the day. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, it can be difficult to do all this work. You know what I mean? Like, yes, life's hard. And, and in addition to that, you know, this is almost a mirror. Life's hard because, oh yes, we were talking about my my opinions on energy and how it can't be created or destroyed. I personally feel as though we're here for a reason, you know? We're here for a purpose to understand ourselves and to understand the power that we wield. Honestly, it, it really just feels like a humbling experience um, for 
us being such powerful spiritual beings, right? So just imagine, let's say you, you know, go through life and you have everything that you need. Everything that you need without question. You don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to learn anything. It's just already there. When you watch movies and you see stories of people like that, they often don't really truly appreciate the privilege that they have, right? Um, that's getting them through life. And I think that this is kind of a similar situation where we are here to learn and to do the work so that we can experience these emotions and understand pain and understand challenges, understand love. And so we can be more appreciative of all of not only the positive things in our lives, but just knowing and recognizing what type of spiritual beings we are and that we have so much power and control over um, our own trajectory, you know? So, um, but anyways, like anything else, this is definitely a decent amount of work, but I would, you know, encourage you to not be discouraged, but rather think about why it is that you're interested in diving deeper and understanding you know, more about both your physical and spiritual self, because you can gain all of this knowledge in terms of like the, the broader perspective and these broader ideas without diving so deep into, you know, chakras and um, crystals and all that stuff. It's just something that I choose to take an interest in. However, um, it's common knowledge, you know, it's really just the knowledge that gets us through life, right? The broader perspective, the values, the morale that pushes us through and helps us make our decisions. Um, but the more aware you are of your personal bias, your personal morale and values and, and traumas and environments that you've been in that contribute to your overall view of the world, you can start to tailor it. Um, specifically to your goals and your journey and where you want to go and where you want to, who you want to be. So chakras, like I said, there are 12, um, more than that actually, but we're just going to talk about the 12 today. The first chakra is your root chakra, right? And it's taken from the Sanskrit word mula, the word mula Muladhara. <laughs> These are a little bit difficult for me to pronounce, but um, so we call it the root chakra for short. And it's the chakra at our base, right? Our root, the supporting chakra. It's located at the base of the spine and it's associated with the color red, which represents vitality, right? It just helps you to stay balanced, committed to your work and your energy, um, it helps you digest foods properly as well. It influences your digestive functions. You know, when you get into the physical aspect, your bones, your teeth, um, your sexual health. And it also impacts your ambition, you know, and your drive to move forward. It's what you're rooted in, you know. And so this really would be your values, your morale, even if you haven't 100 percent dive deep into, you know, all of the external factors that have impacted it. Just at the core, your root is representative of your feeling of stability in life, your footing here, 
You know, are you grounded? Do you understand why do you wake up in the morning? You know, what do you want to do when you open your eyes? What are you passionate about? And so, you know, it's it's more a, a, an overarching foundational piece in the chakra system, in my personal opinion. Without the root, you cannot grow. <laughs> you know, if you plant a seed, the roots come first. So it's it's really just about grounding. Do you feel safe? You know, it's a foundational chakra that influences and it definitely impacts all the other chakras that you have at least within the seventh system you know all of our chakras probably impact all of the chakras <laughs> you know um but this definitely has a strong impact because from the root comes you know everything it, it kind of goes up in my opinion like a flower like a plant you know with the root everything cycles through that so when you get into your sacral chakra and your roots not really solid and your foundation isn't solid the the lens that you view your sacral chakra through or the things that you know your sacral chakra touches on or impacts in your life might not be at its highest point you know they might not be the healthiest because the roots that they're gaining their energy from are not healthy not rooted you know, and grounded in your values and your morale and what you choose, the path that you choose. If you don't know your path, then how can you be creative about your path? How can you find new and exciting things to influence and impact your path in a positive way? How can you speak your truth? You know, all these other chakras are dependent upon the healthiness of your root. Incense that people use to go along with root healing is cedar wood and some crystals and stones that are also affiliated with root healing. Um, it's gate, ruby, jasper, bloodstone, among some others. So moving up, the sacral chakra is next. Also known as swadhisthana. Swad means one own, right? So it's taken from the Sanskrit word swad. Um, and Adhisthana means residence. So this chakra is situated at the base part of your pubis, right? It's kind of like right in where, where all your, <laughs> your reproductive organs are. I was going to say something else, <laughs> but I'm not. Um, okay. So yeah, so where your reproductive organs are, right? And it's linked to the color orange, which represents happiness creativity, attraction, and success. It also impacts, you know, emotions related to desire and pleasure and sexuality. So the chakra gives us the ability to feel compassion, right? And to have balanced emotions and to be intimate with each other. So when you, if you've ever had a conversation with someone, right? And you guys start talking about something that's a little bit more of an intimate subject for you. And you realize in that moment that you are allowing yourself to let your guard down and be vulnerable with that person. It allows you to build deeper relationships, right? And so sometimes I feel like with this, with the sacral chakra that people get so attached to, like 
the sexual energy and the passion, <laughs> you know, and yes, but at the same time, you know, a lot of intimacy, when you think about what real intimacy is, it's not always the sexual aspect of a relationship, but rather your ability to be vulnerable with someone and to grow in that space and to understand that person's vulnerability and grow with them. Um, so it, it definitely just impacts kind of your overall, your creation space, right? It's, it's our reproductive organs. And when you think of women, our reproductive organs are for creation, um, for life. So I think that just in general, this chakra is definitely one of, it's definitely one of my favorites, but mostly because I'm, you know, I'm an artist. And so creativity and creating things is kind of my MO. It's my way to feel fulfilled, I guess, in my life. I feel like I should be creating things, whether it's actual art um, or whether I'm creating a healthier relationship. You know, all of that stuff. I've recently just with in my journey, I've been more in tune with how deep not only I am, but it, is, it has allowed me to see how deep other people are. And it's become exciting for me to get to know people beyond the surface. Right. So once you start diving into your own beyond the surface, it's so much easier for you to find ways to connect to people in that way as well. Um, and so I just found that very, very exciting recently and, and getting to know other people because other people have so many different ideas than you. You know, we all live in our own little world. And so being able to analyze that with someone else and, and just hear about it um, it's also very enlightening and positive on your journey because it gives you different perspectives um, and it pulls you out of your own world for a second. Not that being in our own world is bad, but a part of the reason that we learn so much and we have so much knowledge to pull from is because we all contribute to this massive pool of knowledge, right? Or our Akashic records, people call them. Um which I think I'll have an episode on that specifically uh, later, as well as like our, our energy bodies, but we won't dive into that today. However, they are related to the chakras, um, as is most things. And I find that interesting. There's a lot that, re that resonates with chakras. I think that we have an underlying knowledge of them, but we don't utilize them. Like the fact that the rainbow is basically chakras, you know what I mean? Or if you get one of these diffusers, if I have a diffuser, I um, turn it on every night and it sifts through colors. All the colors are the colors of chakras, literally all the seven chakras. <laughs> like, I don't think that we realize how embedded this knowledge is and how it's been pulled upon. Um, but it hasn't been dived into, you know, we only were scratching the surface, right? Um, so anyways, with the sacral chakra, um, physically it can affect your body, right? The liver, your kidneys, your spleen, and your autoimmune system. It can also influence your emotional identity and how you manage your personal relationships. Like we talked about before, you know, how creative you can be. So I, you know, just to... Since this is my favorite chakra, 
<laughs> I challenge you guys to to learn more about this, yes. And once you get to learning more and, and working with your sacral chakra, see how, yes, creativity, right? How it can influence you with creating things and what you choose to create in your life. But also the deeper aspect of intimacy. Sexual energy is very low vibrational, right? It can be. It also has high vibrational qualities, but I think that you, in my personal opinion, you start to reach those when you're seriously dating someone or you're in a, a long-term intimate relationship. So move past that and, and think about how you can create and what type of relationships you're creating on a deeper, um, more intimate level. Um, okay, so the incense that people use for healing is um, with the sacral chakra is garden, gardenia <laughs> and orris root, right? So I don't have those incense. I don't always use different incenses for sacral chakras and earth chakras in general. I am an incense person though, but I've been burning more than more like sage, frankincense. Um, however, they do have incense like this. You could buy incense in, from a store that's that's for your root chakra. I would just say look at the you know the ingredients, see what actually what the scents are actually derivative from, um, or because you can always just buy this stuff on its own. Um, and then the crystals and stones that are used to work with um, sacral healing are gold topaz, amber, moonstone, citrine, amongst others. So, our Manipura, or solar plexus, <laughs> um, comes from the word, the Sanskrit word mani, which means brilliance or jewel, and pura, which means house or city. Um, so, just put that together, right? Our, our house, our jewel city, our jewel house, whatever, whichever way you want to. <laughs> Whichever way you want to combine those, right? So our sacral solar plexus, I'm sorry, is located between our navel and our sternum, and it's linked with the color yellow. Um, and it is our our stomach body, right? So we have two brains, our brain up top, but we also have a brain in our abdomen, right? So our stomach has its own nervous system. And this is a temple for us, right? It's the core of our house. Um, when you think about what goes in your stomach, the food, right? The energy that we feed our energy body. So it's very important. Once you start to work with your solar plexus, I think that people develop more of a desire to understand what it is that they're putting in their bodies because with your solar plexus chakra everything that you ingest what goes in comes out right so as above so below all those sayings um and, and even with like energy right when we talk about the energy mirror and and what type of energy you carry within yourself is the energy that you're mirroring so the energy that you put into your body is the energy that your body is going to pull off of when you start to want to do things. So when you find that you're sleepy all the time or, you know, you're very lethargic or um, 
you know, you have a lot of health issues, I would really advise that you take a look at how you are feeding your solar plexus. Um, it's located between the navel and the sternum, and it's linked with the color yellow, which represents intellectual thinking, right? You would think that comes from up top, <laughs> but it allows you to feel feelings of confidence, intelligence, energy, and a desire to be productive. And in ancient texts, the chakra sends prana to all areas of the human body. So um, this is definitely a very important chakra, right? Just like the root. I mean, they're all important. But so the root is our foundation. Sacral is our creativity, our creation, right? And then the solar plexus is our energy core, because your, you know, ambition and, and motivation to do things is, you know, governed by your energy and your output of energy and what you're utilizing your energy for. So how you're healing your energy and feeding your energy is very important to just your overall journey in life and how you're moving through it. So... It governs your upper abdomen, your liver, and the stomach, right? So when it's healthy, you experience good physical energy, good digestion. It also influences how well you're able to belong in any situation, right? So how we adapt. It influences your stamina, your sense of thought, and your willingness to move forward. So one thing that, especially recently in my personal journey, is understanding how to maintain the work and the spiritual practice that I have when in environments that don't necessarily add to my spiritual growth, right? So let's say you get put in a room and for some reason, there's just a lot of like negative energy there. And it's a room that immediately once you step in, you realize and recognize that you probably don't wanna be there. What do you do? if you can't leave, right? So if there's no immediate exit, how do you maintain the work that you've done in circumstances that are not serving you? Or will you just fall apart, you know? So that that is why the strength of your solar plexus and, and all these chakras are important because Peace is within. It is not external. So it doesn't matter where you are, what's going on around you in your life, and the chaos, you know, that you might be surrounded with. You always have power and control over yourself and your being and your peace. The incense used for healing with the solar plexus is cinnamon, marigold, and carnation. Crystals that you can use are amber, gold calcite, gold topaz, and tiger's eye. Um, so moving on up, anahata, um, or the heart chakra, right? So in Sanskrit, it means one who dwells within the heart. So the anahata chakra is located in the chest and linked to the color green, which represents unconditional love, which is funny because I think that growing up, most of us will associate the coloring with greed and money. 
which kind of a negative right connotation of that and that color um which is why i'm not so that so many of us have so much healing to do when it comes to our heart chakra um handling our emotions understanding our emotions and cultivating them in a healthy way so the chakra connects you to matter and spirit together right so when this chakra is open you feel a sense of interconnectedness of being complete in the compassion. It's responsible for emotions like hope, trust, forgiveness, empathy, and love. So when this chakra is healthy, you'll learn to listen to the voice of your higher self, right? So spirit and, and divine energy, I think, is our source for loving and compassionate energy, right? If you've ever heard anyone say, I am love or God is love. Our heart is our main lens through which we see the world, in my personal opinion. Um, our emotions are very integral in our everyday life and they impact not only how we feel, but our emotions contribute to the mirrors, right? That we see the things that are shown back to us through other people, other circumstances. When it's healthy, you'll be able to listen and hear a little bit more, possibly have more compassion, not only for your other, for yourself, but for others around you. So how you trust people, how compassionate you are to them, how you judge people, and the best way to think of the Anahara Chakra is directly linked to your heart, right? It's right in that place. And so it focuses on the feelings of love and connection with others um, and our trust in life, right? Our trust in our process. So the heart really harbors, it holds a lot of, a lot of things that are important for our journey, which is definitely important to heal. Because as we become adults and, and we grow and we get older and we learn more about these things that are impacting our lives and, and how we view the world, you'll start to realize that the heart chakra is, uh, aside from, I would say, the solar plexus as well, just because of the society that we live in, the type of foods that we eat, and the fact that, you know, when you have busy parents, they go to McDonald's instead of cooking, that all of these things impact you from birth. I mean, everything does. All of your chakras are being influenced and impacted. However, the heart holds so much energy and emotion that when you start to heal your heart chakra, it can be a very uncomfortable process. You know, it's not necessarily the same in my personal opinion, even though this is also very important. But when you start healing your solar plexus, right, and you're understanding what foods you eat and how you're feeding yourself, that has a lot to do with willpower, right? The will to change, to alter your day-to-day -day experience, right? Which is why that, that chakra is connected to your, your passion, your ability to get up and go your energy source, right? So it makes sense that the thing and the challenge that you have to overcome is the will to change. But with your heart chakra, you are opening a pot full of emotion, 
<laughs> you know, all the people that broke your heart in, in high school and in college and getting stood up and your your parental, um, your relationship with your parents and with your family. All of these things impact your heart chakra. So when you are aware and, you know, your your eyes are open to this energy source within you and you start to want to heal and want to make sure that, you know, you're healthy in all aspects, it will be uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, I was going to say you have to prepare, but it's almost like life. Like, can you really prepare? <laughs> you can try, you know, but you're always going to get hit with something that you might not have thought about or, you know, things that are always going to be challenges for you that have to grow from and learn from. Um, so it's just kind of a disclaimer that the heart chakra is, it's a, um, it's a process within itself and just being aware of that and not judging yourself as you move through that process. So you move through that healing is important for you to heal in a healthy way. Um, because what you don't want to do is open your heart chakra and then feel regret or resentful for the things of the past when you were unaware you know, because it doesn't contribute to the healthy, the healthy transition that you're looking for um, when you start to work with your heart. So some instances that people use to um, during the healing process is a jasmine, lavender, orris root, again, and some others. Um, and, and if you want, if you're big on incense, you can always get incense or if it's hard for you to find these types of incense, definitely Amazon is my best friend. Um, you probably could find anything on there. Even if you, um, Google holistic shops, um, holistic healing shops or whatever, um, or you just specifically type in whatever it is that you're looking for and, and the outlets for you to purchase that will be, um, readily available, so yes, and crystals and stones, ruby, rose quartz, rose quartz. If anyone knows me, they know that I have a rose quartz necklace that I wear probably almost every day. And, you know, actually, I think this is a good story for this. But, and, and just before we, you know, move on and I forget, all of the chakras up until this point are the 3D chakras, right? Your physical body chakras. Um, and the rest of the chakras are directly more linked to your spirit. But with this rose quartz, right? So I have this rose quartz necklace and, and I have relationships. Relationships are a very important part of my life. Um, I care a lot about my relationships um, and to people, I won't even say to people who know me, but just me thinking about myself um, and how I show my love and appreciation. I think it's ironic that I, I care so much about relationships, but it's one of the things that I struggle the most with when it comes to creating healthy relationships and maintaining them and understanding boundaries and, um, just how to move forward in a healthy way with all types of relationships in general. Um, honestly, I think that's kind of, that's my um, focus area right now, are, are cultivating healthy relationships in my life, releasing anything in relationships that do not serve me. I have a hard time letting people go. 
when I develop relationships with people, I'm the type of person that I feel like they're always going to exist, but I also have a difficult time understanding how to cultivate them. There are some people who say, yeah, you know, you're fine. You do what you can. And then there are times where I look at my relationships and I realize that, um, you know, I don't know as much as I thought I knew about a person or um, our communication isn't healthy for me. Like, I don't like the way that we communicate. And a part of that is is valid. You know, my feelings are valid and how I how I feel that I contribute to relationships are valid. Um, and one thing that I will say is that because of the lines of interest that I have, I have a tendency to overlook the details. I'm a very broad perspective type of thinker. And I used to live in the future, <laughs> you know, and plan everything and just live in my plans and my my organization and this is going to lead to that and that's going to lead to that and then I'll be here and and not paying attention to the now um so with relationships I don't always pay attention to the details you could tell me your favorite color I probably will forget you could tell me your birthday it's very important to people I probably will forget and it's not because it's not important to me but it's because outside of that, you will also explain a situation to me that's happening or going on in your life. And I can see your values. I can see your morals. I can see your, your energy, your emotion, the barriers that you face. Um, and for me, that's more interesting. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's more important because what's important to individuals and my friends are also important to me. Um, but that's important for me specifically because it allows me to see below the surface. And I think when I have relationships that that is generally my goal um, because I feel like it allows me to know you better than being able to regurgitate facts about you. Um, but I also have to recognize that, you know, even though you might do all that, but when your friend asks, and usually people won't, you know what I mean? But it's just something that I've noticed and that I want to work on. But if someone were to ask me, like, oh, what, when's my birthday? Or what is my favorite color? Or what do I like to eat? You know, it's disheartening for them let's say they don't see the world through the same lens as me, which more than likely they don't. Um, it'll feel like I don't really know them, you know, but in reality, I just, I know them on a, on a different level. Um, so I am working on that and, and paying more attention to the details. Sometimes the details do matter. And I think that with everything and, and just me going down this path and having access to so much knowledge in the internet is that I've gotten used to sifting through the details and putting them in categories. Oh, this is important. This is not important. This is important. This is not important. And I have to recognize that sometimes things that are important to me might not always be important to the other person, but things that are important to them 
might not always be important to me. And although I do think it's a mutual kind of understanding um, that as people get to know me and understand me and we start to have these conversations that they know what type of person that I am. And I was talking to my friend the other day and he's like, it doesn't frustrate me that you don't know that because I know that there are other things that you know, um, you know, that you are interested in. And I think that also just is a reminder that when people speak to you and when you speak to other people, they hear what they want to hear. Um, they always hear you. You are always heard. But you might not always be heard in the way that you think you are heard. Um, but we can, you know, save that for, well, what's next is, is the throat chakra anyway. But um, long story short, um, I didn't even tell you the story about, <laughs> about my rose quartz. Um but yeah, so I, I care a lot about relationships. I'm sorry. I kind of just dived. I ha I do a lot of deep diving. <laughs> um, so bear with me here, but I hope, you know, that is what you're here for. Right. Um, so this rose quartz, I carry it around my neck. And like I said, relationships are important. Right. And so there was a time where I wanted to cultivate an intimate relationship and more healthy, intimate relationships in my life um, to put me on a path to a long term intimate and romantic relationship. Um, and at that time, when I was looking to cultivate that, I wasn't in the best space, right? I hadn't done the work on my heart chakra. So it was still full of pain. It was still full of confusion and chaos. And so I wore this rose quartz around my neck and I wore it every day. And there got to a point and I, you know, and still going through my daily life, still talking to people possibly in and out of dating relationships and, and being frustrated. And one day I just felt like I was suffocating. Like, not like I could just, you know, like I couldn't breathe. No, but there was just so much pressure around my chest area um, and, and my neck and instinctively, immediately, I knew that I needed to take the rose quartz off. And I took it off, you know, and I could breathe again. And so for me, that was just a reminder and kind of a notification that, hey, I know you want this, but you're not bringing it into your life from the right perspective. You know, you're not bringing it into your life from a healthy place because your heart chakra inside, you know, it's not healthy yet. It's still, you still have some work to do. So yeah, so that was my, my little story about the heart chakra. It definitely is some work, you know, and good luck on that journey. So the next chakra is the throat chakra, right? So it's taken from the Sanskrit word shahidi or shithi sorry, which means purification. So this chakra is located in the throat, i.e. your throat chakra, and it's linked to the color blue, which represents loyalty, confidence, truth, and trust, right? So this chakra influences your communication and how you can communicate with the truth in mind. It's very important once you start to understand that, yes, it's, it's linked to communication, and your communication is how you authentically express yourself. 
So if you're ever in a situation and it's something that you don't want to be in, but you don't voice that, you don't speak that, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Because you're not living authentically. You're not living with truth. Because truthfully, that's not something that you're interested in or want to be a part of, right? But you stay there anyway, whether it's for other people, to please other people, or peer pressure, or whatever. But, you know, even the littlest of choices that we make, whenever we make a choice that we know and we feel is not in our best interest, or it's not something that we want to do, that is a barrier in our throat chakra, right? And so we're not used to, and we don't have a way of healthily communicating our truth. Um, we haven't worked on that yet, right? So as as you you move up, right, and, and we're learning about ourselves, we start to know, you know, as we learn, even from the root, we talked about values and morale, right? So if we get placed in a situation that goes against our values or our morale and we choose to stay there, that is a representation of us not being in alignment with our throat chakra. So as you open this chakra, you'll become more creative and constructive, right? You will identify your boundaries, your barriers, and your structures in your life that allow you to stay true to yourself. Before, just with our heart chakra, I was speaking about barriers to healthy relationships, right? And um, I did a meditation um, and this woman, she was talking about a friendship that she had with a girl in college and they were great friends. And eventually, you know, earlier on in the friendship, the her roommate came to her and said, you know, I don't feel comfortable in our friendship because I noticed that you do everything for everyone, even when you don't want to. And I feel like you'll do that to me, too. Even when I don't ask you, you'll do things that you don't necessarily want to do. And I can't trust that. And, you know, that's definitely tough to hear. But essentially what she was saying is, I can see that you're not being your authentic self. And I don't want you to do that to me and then resent me for it afterwards. So this chakra governs the throat and parts of the head physically. It deals not only with communication, but also how you're able to take responsibility, right, for the things that you do in your life, the choices that you make. So when this chakra is open, you'll be expressive um, with confidence, right? You'll be truthful and honest with people around you and with yourself. That expression, that confidence um, is integral, right, for this chakra to flow in a healthy way. And physically, this chakra influences the throat, teeth, thyroid, and mouth. Um, so some incense used, and I burn frankincense every, um, every other day, but frankincense and some crystals would be blue sapphire, topaz, blue topaz, um, kyanite, and aquamarine, amongst others. Moving on up. <laughs> So the third eye. So Anya in Sanskrit means command. The actual translation is a monitoring center. 
So the Aya Chakra, right, our third eye, is at the center of the forehead between your eyebrows, and it's linked to the color indigo that's associated with wisdom, self-control, and spiritual awareness. So it's considered to be the symbolic part of your body that lets you see and know all, right? So how do you analyze whether or not you're being your authentic self, right? How do you see that? So this is what influences the intuition that you might have, right? Things that say, oh, I feel this, I, I like this, or I don't like that. Um, and so when your Anya is open, it allows you to listen to your intuition, whether they are giving you suggestions for things you like or warnings for things that you don't like. Um, when it's balanced, it helps you think and focus on ideas. And it's all really about staying open and being observant, right? So identifying how you can be and live more authentically, identifying the circumstances of your life and seeing how they've been contributing to your overall being, whether they're serving you or whether they're not serving you, how to go about changing that. A lot of that comes through your third eye. It relates heavily to self-knowledge and wisdom, right? So it helps you visualize what you want to do with your life. This, I think the third eye um, definitely works hand in hand with every single chakra, right? So we had our, our 3D, our lower, our lower body chakras, right? And now we're into the chakras that impact our spirit. And I think your third eye is just kind of an all seeing, feeling type of chakra where you can use this as a tool for your healing. So it, it influences your neurological system and the eyes, your ears and other key um, facial organs. And when the third eye is balanced, there's a possibility of psychic powers emerging. But see, I'm not too, you know, it, I don't know. I, ha I haven't dived into that realm yet, you know. And, and that's just something, again, like I said, do your, do your own research. And But I don't think that that really should be anyone's focus, right? And granted, I have watched readers and, and people who can, who say they, you know, can feel energy or see auras and um, are telepathic and all that stuff. And I, I definitely believe that it exists. But I also think that sometimes when people get too involved in that, that it might not be coming from the most healthy of places. In that I think it's more of a side effect of you being aware and severely in tune and healthy, right? Because you're not going to be ready for those type of things in your life if, if you don't even understand how your body works or how you're moving through your life, how your emotions contribute to your overall trajectory, how you know, your spirit feels like if you can't connect to self, then there's no way you will be able to connect to other people through energetic ways. You know what I mean? Um, or spiritual ways because you, you're not even connected to your own spirit yet. This chakra, um, it just ensures that you won't be stuck thinking about things that you're not comfortable with, right? It allows you to analyze those things so that you can see how they're impacting you and so you can release them, right? Because that's what healing is. It's, it's recognizing the things that serve you and the things that don't and releasing the things that don't so you can only be, you know, involved heavily with the things that do.
So some incense that you can use with this healing is sandalwood, saffron, mugwort, amongst others. And some crystals would be quartz, um, sapphire, and fluorite. So finally, of the seven, the last one, right? So we have our crown, our crown chakra, or sahasara in Sanskrit, um, which means thousand petal lotus um and so th this is just showing how this chakra has a, a lot of potential right so it's the last chakra of the seven and it's right on the top of your head and so it's linked to the color white or violet most most people see the violet with this but when it's balanced you will feel your connection right you will feel your intelligence and open-mindedness um and it'll you'll have a easier time learning new things as well um so this directly influences your brain functions physically your emotional thoughts right so it can bring about self-realization divine love and selflessness so this is very very much so linked to your emotional thoughts and you know how we've been talking about how your emotion can have a serious impact on your life trajectory this allows you to work hand in hand with your throat chakra with your heart chakra with your solar plexus and it just allows you to to see how your energy body is flowing how your emotions are flowing and how they're impacting you right so you now have this ability to analyze your emotions and to understand them right so when you start working with your heart chakra for example regardless of where you are it will definitely bring up the pain of the past. And one thing with understanding emotions is that they're not always true, right? So I could have opened my heart chakra, right? And been working on my heart chakra and, and, and these feelings of pain arise from a past relationship. And in this moment, you know, I've, I've passed that. I've passed the relationship. I've moved on. You know, but emotionally, I still feel that pain. And so what the heart chakra is doing is allowing you to see what's still there so that it can work with, you know, your throat chakra, right? And establish some boundaries so that you don't feel that way anymore when you move towards other relationships and work with your crown chakra so you understand those emotions. And you can tell your body, I have felt those emotions. And those emotions are tools for me to use so that I can move forward in the healthiest way possible. But they are not true. I do not feel this right now. I'm not in this right now, right? It's like watching a movie or a video of you in the past. You've been there. You've done that. You still have that memory, right? but you are not there right now. Um, and so it just allows you to separate your emotions from the analyzing that you're doing so that you can release things and, and release those emotions so that you can make room for healthier ones. This also helps you feel in tune with things that inspire you, you know, um, Again, with the emotion, things that make you feel happy. Working with your sacral chakra and your creativity. 
So each individual chakra works separately, right? But at the same time, they all have to be healthy together because they all draw from each other to work and function in healthy ways. So anything that's unhealthy that influences or impacts one chakra, whether it blocks it or, or stops it from functioning, I would say that's more extreme and, and, and um, you know, long-term damage from not working on this and not healing these aspects of yourself. But anything can cause other chakras, you know, to be impacted by that because they all work together. So like we were just talking about the crown and emotion, right? And, and separating, having the ability to analyze and separate your emotion from your current state. If that's something that you can't do, right? You're trying to heal your heart chakra, but you don't know how to separate these emotions. It will impact both your heart chakra and your crown chakra, right? If you're analyzing, right, if we're working with our heart, or I'm sorry, we're working with our crown chakra, but we don't know how to analyze and release, our heart will still be heavy, right? Because it's still holding this emotion. It's dredged it up now for you to see. But if you can't release it, and it's holding in, in, in your heart and it's weighing your heart down, you know, and that's something that you're still going to carry with you. So you might have thought, oh, well, I did the work on that, but no, because you didn't release it. And so now it's, it's still here, right? It's still manifesting in your life. It's still impacting you. So it's just important to know that the healthiness of all chakras is, is definitely integral for prime functioning of the human body. And it'll be easier for you to keep your energy high, your prana, right? Um, and to be high vibrational and to see or operate from more of a spiritual perspective or higher um, vibration so that we're not, you know, feeding our low vibrational desires and wants that might not necessarily always be the best for us right now. What I'm going to do, I'm going to keep moving on and get through these 12 chakras, but I think what I'm going to do is span a series from the chakra center, right? And have an episode dedicated specifically to the inner workings of each chakra, because clearly um, <laughs> this is a lot of information and it can take a lot of time to really get through and to digest. So we will get into, and this is just kind of a summary, a general overview, right, of what these chakras are, what they do, and how they're, they can be impacting you. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive deeper into them on individual episodes and talk about the imbalances, right, and talk about how, what it looks like when they're imbalanced spiritually, physically, and emotionally, and how you can heal those imbalances, right? So uh, I said we were going to do 12 chakras today, right? So like I said, the seven is something that, you know, most of us are familiar with. But the 12, I think, give you a bit of a fuller aspect of the three-dimensional connection, right? And, and the fifth-dimensional connection, our con connection to spirit. The eighth chakra um is mixed sometimes right so it's either sometimes people place it above our crown chakra 
or below our root chakra. So there's a chakra um, or energy body, right? Below our root chakra. Um, and these don't have the same, you know, with it not being so in depth, they don't always have the same names and, and X, Y, and Z. But so the one below your root chakra is your earth connection. And so sometimes it's it's said it's the eighth chakra. Sometimes it's the tenth. Um, but either way, so before we even get into these upper chakras, right? Why do we have these? What's the purpose, right? Um, so when you get into Ayurvedic practicing or practitioners and and Reiki healers, and you start working with those types of things, they also use the twelve chakra system. And so it really just brings forth the vision of our connection to the entire universe, right? So it's giving us more of that spiritual energy connection. And it allows us to connect to the idea that as all living beings, we are part of a whole. Now, it doesn't take away from our individuality. I do think that that's something that sometimes once you get into this, that people struggle with is, is recognizing how to connect without dissolving yourself into the whole right without necessarily assimilating um but having just that understanding that we are all connected that we all impact each other that everything in our environment and in our ecosystem has the opportunity to impact us and that we're grounded to the earth still and, and linked to the universe at the same time that being in our three-dimensional space right and, and having connection there does not take away from the connection that we have in our fifth dimensional space, um, fourth dimension, sixth dimension, whatever. It doesn't take away from our spiritual connection. Um, it's just kind of that thought behind the fact that, you know, we are both fully human and fully divine. So... The, the traditional chakra colors follow more of a rainbow spectrum, as we talked about before, right? Um, but this extended system adds more colors associated with, with metals or, or other elements and things of that nature. So our earth chakra, right? This chakra ensures connection with the earth. It works primarily with our physical well-being, it connects to grounding energies of the earth and the environment. Um, and physically, it's useful to heal bone, bone marrow things, hereditary issues. The earth chakra is a way for us to connect to our ecosystem and our environment, right? If we ever thought about why it feels so good to walk outside on a warm, sunny day or feel sand beneath our feet or walk through the grass and just how that connection, hearing the birds and the animals and crickets and things, how that connection impacts us, right? It allows us to feel secure in the fact that this is also our ecosystem. And this is also a place where we have built foundational energy, right? Um, and cultivated and created alongside the earth and our ecosystem. I also think that when you start working with your earth chakra, that it 
it's almost a, I don't want to say a gateway of sorts, but can definitely lead to working with ancestors and ancestral healing. Definitely going to do an episode on that. <laughs> but yes, so that is our earth chakra, right? And so then our ninth chakra. Um, but so the next chakra up from the crown is our solar chakra. Um, which is more of a gold color. Um, and it allows us to enter realms that transcend space and time, right? So it allows us for open access to parallel timelines, past lives, and our Akashic records, um, our sphere of potentialities in life, in our, our communication with spirit guides. So if you're familiar, um, for me, I guess ancestors, spirit guides, um, past lives, those all are kind of in the same pot. And, and once you start diving into those, I think you'll find a lot of interesting, interesting knowledge. One book, okay, in the resource for today um, will be two things. Um, First, the chakras, right? So, and I will put this, I guess, in the description of the podcast and on my podcast um, Instagram. So, the chakra book, um, and it, it's more of a, I, I feel, a surface um, type of resource. Um, or, you know, just we're starting off with the beginning, right? So let's start with some beginner resources. Um, so we understand it's important to understand every foundation, right? Just like our roots. You can only work with the chakras on a higher vibrational level when we learn to work with them um, foundationally. So um, this book is called Chakras, A Complete Guide to chakra healing and <laughs> she gets so bored we're gonna play in a little bit um okay so that book and then one book that I think um opened the doorway for me when it came to um ancestors and understanding ancestral spirits and past lives is a book called Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. And a friend of mine, oh, I knew it was going to go off, man. That's going to be kind of <laughs> an annoying background noise. I'm so sorry, guys, because we did a lot with that in there. But um, bear with me. I'm in the confines of my home. Um you can't be cold, you know, but also it's getting warm out. So we need to figure out how to turn that off. <laughs> but okay. So Many Lives, Many uh, Masters is a book that my friend told me about. And it, it definitely speaks to past lives and uh, allows for a more open-minded interpretation of them. Um, and allows, honestly, for you to kind of really understand your get a better understanding of what you feel your perceived purpose is here, what your your soul contract is for, you know, what are you here to learn? What are you here to do? So yeah, so these this chakra in particular 
And so it just kind of allows you to, again, transcend time and space, right? So when you think about understanding past lives, it destroys, it completely destroys the idea we have of time. Because once you recognize that energy can't be created nor destroyed, right? And let's say you you also resonate with, um, because again, this is my personal bias, right? Um, this book, and you resonate with past lives. You realize that the time we have here is not limited. And so when you don't feel like time is limiting you anymore, and it's not holding you back, you are able to fully throw yourself more into your process, right? And be comfortable with your timeline and where you are in your process and what you're learning through this aspect or this piece, this part of your journey. Um, and I also think it just allows you to release fear, right? When you start to understand that time is, is um, a confine and it's really not linear at all, You'll just have a lot more access to knowledge and intuition, you know, because we are our own barriers, right? And so that's why it's important to understand the way the society works and to work on your throat chakra and these things so that you have the ability to separate yourself and you can operate from a different mind space than the collective, right? And, and societal thinking so that you can truly understand what type of energies are surrounding us and, and how you fit in all of that. Just a simple fact alone of, of you know transcending time and space and time not being linear dismantles a lot of confining constructs that we live by. <laughs> it takes away the importance of things like money, somewhat, not completely. You know, but we say time is money, right? But is it? It can be when you think about business and things like that. Yes, time is definitely money. What I put my energy to, my energy is my currency, you know? Um, but recognizing that our goal here is to learn, right? And to transcend, it then shifts your energy focus. And what you choose to spend your time on, because you now have a better understanding of how much time you have, you know, or that time is a construct altogether and your time here is endless and you make it what you want it to be. So, um, yeah, so that's our solar chakra, right? And then we, we move up. We move up to our lunar chakra, um, the seat of the soul, they call it, um, <laughs> you know, but it, it allows you to access your soul code, your higher purpose, right? Your door to archetypal energies. When we think about archetypal energies and patterns, when this all started, all way, 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 way back in the beginning, the beginning that no one's quite 100% sure of. There are certain archetypes and, and certain personalities, right? And types of people or types of um, characteristics that we can almost categorize ourselves into. And 
this allows us to kind of get a better understanding of where we've been, right? So as we continue to grow and multiply, when you think about ancestors and um, archetypal knowledge, your Akashic records, we start to see patterns, right? And, and how we are in our core, how we continue to manifest upon this earth. Um, and having that knowledge of patterns allows us to truly dissect what lessons we're learning here, you know? Um, so for example, if, if you have a pattern of, of unfruitful relationships or, um, maybe it's in your family, your family has a pattern of divorce or, you know, maybe smoking and certain addictions. Um, it allows you to analyze that. And you can also analyze that within your family because those things impact you too. Your soul tribe that you're born into and the things that are, you know, your ecosystem, right? Your environment, your family is a part of your current ecosystem. Um, so just think about all the ecosystems that we've been a part of, all the ways that those can impact us. And some things I believe we carry with us, things that are, you know, that were unresolved or the lessons that we're carrying into our next lifetime. And so that's why, you know, they call it the seat of the soul. It allows you to see where the soul has been, where it's gone, where it's at right now, and how we're influencing and impacting that. Then we have our galactic chakra, right? So it's our energy field that connects, you know, our human sphere. It's an influence of supernatural and almost a gateway of sorts. Allows our mind to shape the matter in front of us. So they connect this with our hands and feet, right? And so those are chakras that you don't hear about. But it makes sense that those would be our gateways, right? You know, opening doors and such, stepping through them. Our galactic chakra, it allows us to connect to things outside of us and outside of, of the 3D, um, like many of these chakras. Um, but it just allows us to walk through those doors. It shows us we have the capability of opening and closing those doors. And then finally, our universal chakra. This is universal unity, right? Mastery of soul's purpose through your human existence. Um, it's our divine connection. It's what shows us and tells us oh, we're connected, yeah, within ourselves, but I'm also connected to my mother or my father or my friend or the universe. You know, we, we look at... Um, We look at signs, right? Cancer, Taurus, you know, all these things and and the planets and Jupiter and our Venus and how Venus rules love, you know, and um, just diving deeper into those concepts allows us to see how we connect to the world around us outside of the earth as well as within in a nutshell, that's kind of my summary. I'm, I'm getting a little bit over time here, a lot of it over time than I expected. But um, I hope that this was 
beneficial to your knowledge um, and that you can take away positive things and you start working with your chakras and, and seeing even if you just start with a seven, just start with a seven. We don't have to get into the super broad constructs and ideas right now, you know, like understand where you are in your process. Um, and so if you've been working with these and you want to learn more about the 12, I definitely, definitely advise that you um, look that up and do some research on that. Um, and it'll definitely lead you down, you know, a path of it more and more that'll feed into it. Um, but that's also what I'm here for. So, um, with the energy bodies and, and your Akashic records and just diving deeper into things that, that we might need a more specified understanding of so that we understand how those things fit into the whole, right? So that's definitely something that we will be doing here. Um, maybe I might do this twice a week. I'm not sure. I do want to get all these chakras out, right? So I want to focus on each individual chakra. Um, so I'm going to do some research on, you know, just all the different ways that that knowledge um, can benefit you and how you can heal, how you can recognize triggers and things of that nature. So... I appreciate you guys for being here with me today. I won't take up any more of your time. However, um, definitely follow me on Instagram at Dear Black People Podcast. And the link to our website for Dear Black People is there. You can uh, listen to the podcast via our site or you can download it and stream it um, from Apple Podcasts. Um, we're also on Spotify. So definitely continue to check this podcast out. Feel free to follow the Instagram. And that way, when I do Q&As, you can drop some questions in the question box. And um, maybe those are some things that we'll either touch on maybe on a live or um, go in depth with on an episode. So I really appreciate you guys. I only send out love and light and positive energy. It's really great to have you here with me as I journey along my own process. And I'm just so glad that we can build this relationship together. So thank you again, and I'll see you guys next time.